Hello, my good friend. This is Dan Jones, and I have this quiet talk now for you, and I pray that it will bless you and encourage you in the Lord. Just before he ascended to the Father, Jesus said this to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The victory has been won. Jesus has defeated Satan, sin, and death. He now inhabits a glorified body, an immortal spiritual body. He can enter rooms without opening the door. He can appear and disappear. If I had been there, been one of his disciples, I would have expected that things were about to radically change. So what happened? If Jesus won a cosmic victory over Satan on the cross, if he defeated all the powers of evil, and if he has been declared King of kings and Lord of lords, then why is the world still in such a mess? Did it not really work? Let's go back a bit. When Jesus began his public ministry, he declared, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Understandably, when the people of Israel heard these words, they were very excited. They had long awaited a deliverer, the anointed one, to come and set them free to restore the glory of the kingdom of Israel. For Jesus' followers, the crucifixion was a bit confusing. They had not envisioned a Messiah who would be crucified by the Romans. They envisioned a Messiah who would take it to the Romans. Rome was certainly a mighty empire, but the sacred scriptures were full of accounts of God bringing mighty victories to his people against all odds, beginning at the Red Sea and then continuing through Joshua and Gideon and on and on. God had repeatedly shown his great power over the heathen nations. So, you can understand the question of the disciples just before Jesus left this earth. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We've waited and waited. We're still on board. Even after you got crucified, that was quite a blow to our faith and now here you are, all glorified, risen from the dead. Surely nothing is impossible for you now. But Jesus left, and the world seemed to go on as always. Rome was not conquered. Evil still abounded. What happened? The answer to this dilemma is actually hidden in that famous passage I started with, the Great Commission, as it's called. All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Now you go and make disciples of all nations. There's obviously a long process in view here that involves his disciples. Personally, I would rather see instant victory. I would rather see all the bad guys immediately rounded up and dispatched. Let's set up this glorious kingdom right now. That's not what happened. Jesus sent his followers out to do just what he had done, to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, and to make 
disciples of all nations. God could have snapped his fingers and fixed it all in a moment. But God doesn't work that way. So here's the secret. Are you ready? God works through intermediaries. God uses other agents to accomplish his work. Let's think of a familiar story. In Genesis 28, Jacob is on the run. He has made his brother real mad. His brother is not to be messed with, and Esau has decided that after dad's funeral, he's going to kill his brother Jacob. Jacob is camping out one night on the journey, and he has this dream. You may have heard about it. He sees a ladder up to heaven, and angels are ascending and descending. God is above it all at the top. Now, to understand the point here, you have to know what the word translated angel really means. When we hear that word, we often think of a beautiful figure in a white robe with big wings. What we should really think when we hear the word angel is messenger, for that is what it means. Angels are God's messengers. So what were they doing going up and down the stairs in Jacob's dream? Well, if they're messengers, I think it's logical to assume that they were carrying messages. The ones going up were taking messages from earth to God, and the ones coming down were bringing the answers. Do you see the principle? God doesn't have to use angels, but he has chosen to do so. And he has chosen to use us humans to now extend this victory won on the cross throughout the world. It's a long and difficult process. But God, in his love, wants us to be part of that glorious realization of the kingdom of God on earth. He wants everybody to be in his kingdom. And he has chosen to use you and me to take this message of forgiveness and new life to all the nations. Again, God can do anything he wants. He could just say the word and a beautiful kingdom would instantly appear. But if he did that, we would not get to share the joy of bringing that kingdom into existence. And God wants us to share that joy. When you think of what God is like, how often do you think of God as joyful? Many people think God's mad all the time, but he isn't. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, said this just hours before his crucifixion. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. God is the most joyful being who exists. And even though he knew he was facing slow torture that would end in death, Jesus, who is God's eternal son, experienced that joy as well. This next one probably comes to your mind easier. God is love. We all know that. And since God is love, in love he wants us to share his infinite joy. We come to share that as we, in love, carry his beautiful message to those who don't yet know that they are loved 
by the God of this universe. Nothing brings more joy than being used by God to help lift another person out of despair. I heard a missionary one time say that God does all this work of building the kingdom and spreading the gospel, and then he rewards us as if we actually had something to do with it. Revelation chapter 4 tells us that the glorified saints in heaven cast their crowns before God's throne. When our pilgrimage is over and the purpose for which God put us here is accomplished, our eternal joy will be giving glory to the one who called us to this mighty work of spreading his message of love, joy, and peace in this world that is so filled with pain and despair. Take up your cross, my friend. The eternal reward will be worth it all. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have called us to be a part of this great work of extending that victory that Jesus won on the cross in the lives of people on this earth that needs so much that deliverance that Jesus has provided. Help us to be faithful. Help us not to be discouraged, Lord, when we look at the shape of the world and to know that indeed that prayer that you taught us to pray will be answered. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done on this earth just as it is being done in heaven. We believe that, Lord God. We believe that your kingdom is going to spread from pole to pole on this earth and the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Thank you, Jesus. And help us also to know that just as Christ took up his cross, that we too must go that road of Calvary, that road of self-denial and cross-bearing in order to fulfill the purpose that Jesus has called us to. Help us to not be weary in well-doing and knowing that to know that in due season we will reap if we don't quit, if we don't give up. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, friend, for listening. Thank you for the responses. Those of you who uh, let me know that you are blessed by these talks. I know that most people aren't going to do that, but I'm so grateful for, even if it's one or two, that email me back and say, thank you for your talks. They're blessing me. They're encouraging me. That encourages me so much helps me to keep going. So pray for us and pray for our church, which is called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet at uh, 1809 Union Street, which is the uh, in Schenectady, New York. There's the uh, American Legion Hall there at 1809 Union Street. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you if you live in this area. God bless you so much. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones.com at outlook.com. God bless you.